0: because you are entering the no-whining world of January Jones.
1: Hello, everyone. I hope you're having a wonderful day. I'm January Jones, and I'd like to welcome you to our podcast today. As you see, my new brand is the Glitter Granny Hat Lady, and today I'm wearing my ancient wisdom history (sighs) pink hat. Hats are great because then you don't have to fuss with your hair. (laughs) Now for my listeners, let me ask you a question. What do you know about the power of positive thinking? Do you know that it is also called the mind-body connection? Would you like to learn how to let go of negativity and replace it with more happiness in your life? More positivity. Would you like to meet a woman chaplain who also has a prison ministry? Tell me, have you ever heard of a book entitled My Search for Ancient Wisdom, One Prisoner's Journey of Transformation? If you can answer yes or maybe to any of these questions, then you are in the right place. And I'd like to welcome you to January Jones Sharing Success Stories. So now it's time, rest, relax, go get some cheese, crackers, get a glass of wine, sit back and relax in the no wine zone. Let me tell you a little bit about my guest. In the early 1990s, she found her spiritual home and metaphysical teaching based on the philosophy of the power of positive thinking and the power of our mind. She received a minister's license and was ordained in 2008 and received a doctorate in 2020. In 29, she unexpectedly found herself in a correspondence ministry with prisoners who had read her magazine articles, and they were interested in whether metaphysics was practical enough to help them adjust to the daily changes of prison life. It is my pleasure to welcome to the show Mary Mitchell, and it's Dr. Reverend Mary Mitchell, right? Right. Good morning. I'm just so happy to be here, and I love your theme, no whining. I mean, that—that that is all there is, no whining, just <laughs> love and happiness and joy. Oh, yeah, and I have to mention uh, that uh, you're Ohio State graduate since that right. my. Did you watch the game last night? Oh no, I'm I'm busy doing many things. But how was it? <laughs> <laughs> well, the ladies, unfortunately, they lost, but it was a oh. terrific game. and We watch all of them. Um, let me ask you, Mary, uh, are you you're, are you in Ohio now, or where are you? California, Northern California, about three hours north of Sacramento. Okay, it that's going right. down rain. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I know they've had a horrible, we used to live in California for 40 mm-hmm. years. That's why it's mourning for you. Um, how did the pandemic uh, affect your ministry? You know, it's affected everything under the sun. And for the ministry, you know, people kind of hold up in their house and they didn't want to go out. So there was a lot of emails and phone calls. But for the first three months of the pandemic, I went to our center anyway every day to answer the phone and just be there in case people needed me.
0: Mm-hmm. US,
1: mm-hmm. My best friend was a, a bird outside my window who kept me company. So anyway, oh. it was a interesting time. <laughs> good time for contemplation and planning the future. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I call it the pandemic pause. Mm-hmm. And I... You know, it forced a lot of us to step back and reevaluate and uh, do new approaches. Of course, everyone went on Zoom, which was a whole new uh, experience for most of us. But now I think people have adjusted to it. And a lot of good uh, is coming from a very, very tragic situation. Don't you agree? I agree. And, you know, it's so interesting because in 2009, when this prisoner wrote me, he He was incarcerated at age nineteen and at that time he was thirty six and wow. he He just could not ex- he could not adjust to thinking of himself in prison for the rest of his life, so he wrote and said, "Could your philosophy help me adjust uh-huh. and so after thirteen years of corresponding and him taking many of my classes uh I had saved all our letters, every one, and put them in that book. That's what it is, a compilation of every one of our letters. Okay. So first he was so angry, and he hated everything. He, I mean, he couldn't think of one good thing that uh, was helping him at all, and he said, I, I, I've got to regain my humane, the humane part of my life. I have to regain myself. Yeah. So this philosophy of looking for the positive, and thinking positive started to help. Because what I've learned, I've taught this over 30 years, our subconscious mind is the place that holds everything we've ever done. It's our little library of history of who we are. Mm-hmm. And the more negative thoughts and actions and and things we think and talk about, the subconscious mind is like a magnet, And it assumes always that what you're thinking about is what you are focused on and you like and you want more of it. And so when we pour too much negativity in subconscious mind, we get crappy things happening, excuse me, but things Mm -hmm. happen. We go, where did that come from? Mm -hmm. So in my classes, that's one of the first things I check with people. What's happening in your life that you don't like? How do you want it to be? Mm -hmm. So. Find that those negative thoughts, and let's override those. Let's replace those. So it's a it's a process.
0: Okay. And so
1: for him, we started in 2009. Honestly, it was about 2015 that dramatically, wow. consistently, had shifted his thinking. Oh my gosh, that is quite a quite a jump from 09 to 15. Right now, we're going to take a jump and hear about my book, Thou Shall Not Whine: The Eleventh Commandment.
0: Lately, there's a whining epidemic in our world. People are even whining about whining. Are you sick and tired of listening to everyone whining all the time? So was January Jones, the author of Thou Shall Not Whine: The Eleventh Commandment
1: Welcome back to the No Wine Zone with my guest, Dr. Reverend Mary Mitchell. Which do you prefer to be called, Dr. Reverend or Mary? Mary. <laughs> <laughs> I, I kind of had a feeling we were headed that way. Yeah. Um, I also would like you right now, Mary, to share with our listeners the information where they can contact you, your website, and where you are available to them. And uh, if you share it with us now, then Juan, our engineer, will put it on the screen below. Great. It's engaginggrace.me. Okay. Engaging Grace, all one word. It's the title of a book I wrote. Oh. hmm mm-hmm. okay. You've written quite a few books. I have the whole list here. Uh, that's pretty impressive. Um okay, so now you let's go back to talking about Michael and he this was all done through letters. Right. You never did you ever meet him? No, he's in, in a Missouri Supermax prison. Oh okay. I'm in California. Oh, and yeah. you know, um in fact just recently this book is uh being is one of the last candidates for a major prize, literary prize and it's quite lucrative and i said hey if we win it i'm coming back to show you uh what we did so we're pretty excited about that oh wow that that's wonderful um yeah i'd be curious to meet someone what, may i ask what uh put him in prison what was he convicted of it was murder at 19 he, 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 he it was it's an interesting story because as he grew up with a single mom during the summer every day She would drop him off to the library while she went to work, and he loved the library. He was like on top of the world. That was his knowledge of the world, Mm -hmm. and so he's very educated, but then when his mother's brothers came back from Vietnam, one was a nice guy, and the other was a gangster, and he thought, wow, that's exciting. Yeah. Uh Yeah. It didn't take long for him to enter into prison for that. Okay, so he was entered the gangster uh, world oh. at 19. Wow. That's so... Yeah. Cool. He just turned 50. Oh, he just turned 50. Oh my yeah. God. And oh, that's a long time. Yeah. <laughs> that's a yeah. lot. Yeah, it's a long time. But you know, interesting things happen. And when he started trying these, instead of being angry with someone, just go... Well, that's interesting. That's an interesting opinion. And he found that the the anger went down all around him. Oh, and okay. then a year ago, January, there was a a riot at his prison, and I don't know about it. The newspaper just said the prison had cut back on guards, so illegal activities started happening, resulting in a, a riot. Uh-huh. During that, his arm was broken and his wrist was crushed. And they put him in the hole for six months. That's a seven by nine foot room. Wow. And after six months, he went before a panel and they said, ah, heck, let's just make it a year. Mhm. Wow. And I said to him when he got out right before he got transferred. Now, when he was in the hole, does that cut off all communication? He got my letters. He did. Okay. Yeah. I didn't get hardly anything uh, occasionally uh-huh. because they don't give him paper. You know, you can a split the paper and you, and you can write I got all kinds of weird papers, but, but um, uh-huh. after a year, he got out and they immediately transferred him to another prison and they didn't know who he was, so they put him in the hole for 30 days to monitor him. <laughs> no. I said, Michael, how did you do this? And yeah. he went 10 top tips for surviving the hole without going crazy. Wow. Wow. Should we ever have another pandemic? I'm publishing that in the Wall Street Journal. (laughs) Share some of those top 10 tips with us, could you please? Well, one of the things that I found really interesting, and it's kind of like when we all stayed home, you know, you get kind of antsy. And he said, you get cell anxiety. And you're afraid to leave the cell because you know the guards are going to come in and shake everything apart, take whatever they want. But Mm -hmm. you can develop a persona that they say you can go out into the yard and you stand tall and look them in the eye and say, okay, great. They won't go in the cell. There's nothing that they could tell you're afraid of losing. That's really interesting.
0: uh,
1: That's probably a good tip for everyone, even on the outside it is it is and yeah, exercise, yeah. exercise of course is good and he he says i've got a six-pack any 20 year old would love to have so all okay. <laughs> so, the exercise is done in solitary confinement yes and and he was, uh, was allowed to go outside one hour a day and um he did his big exercise routines out there but yeah, yeah. It's good. and he said study read everything you can read spent a month reading the dictionary. <laughs> oh my gosh. Just to improve his vocabulary. Now this is the kind of guy he is. I mean, he's amazing. And then well, learn new things. One of the things he did, he's right-handed. He started writing an affirmation with his right hand and then writing it with his left hand. And nice. after about three months, they were about equal. But he said something magic happened in his mind in his something happened he doesn't know what it was but he said you should try it because it's amazing what it does to the way you think to, in your mind so that was interesting that's very interesting my husband is both uh left and right handed for different various things which obviously explains his political community.
0: <laughs> i had never
1: thought of that I, but it, apparently it has some really Im- impressive Awakening in the brain. Okay. Well I'm gonna give it a try because I'm scheduled for a uh, carpal tunnel with my right hand. So that's gonna give me a chance to use my left hand. Oh. I hope it's magical. <laughs> well, I swear he swears he swears so I think that's that's a good vote. Yeah. What else did he do to survive in solitary? He said, um, don't let the correctional officers Kind of get you angry or anything, he said. Every time you react, they feel good, and if you don't react, eventually they'll quit. They'll quit antagonizing you. Okay. Okay. So another thing was stay out of frivolous conversations with negative people. <laughs> okay. Well, that one we can all do that. Yeah. We can all do that because so, I I meet so many people as a minister who who just love the negative line. I mean, everything's wrong, da, 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 politics, everything. And mm-hmm. Like, wait a minute. How do you want it to be? How about if we focus on that? Focus on that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Another thing he says is write letters to our loved ones, friends. Keep some conversation going. And then file grievances because the prison system hates it when you file a grievance because it goes on a log and they have to answer it.
0: Mm-hmm. And he
1: said... People that file a lot of grievances tend to get out of prison earlier. Really? Oh, that's the old squeaky wheel, isn't it? Yeah. Or transferred, you know, either way. But uh-huh. Yeah, that's the squeaky wheel. And then uh, practice your faith, whatever your faith tradition is. You mm-hmm. read every major spiritual book from every tradition that is out there, and he is there's a lot he shares in that especially what he learned from the african spiritual traditions okay a lot aware about that so okay. and and he is uh african yeah, yeah. And, and he probably went in without much spiritual background right right and yeah. so all that was so important you know i'm obviously can tell, i'm a book lover and every time you said can you find me a book on this i'm I spent hundreds of dollars sending him books, and then we get to write back and forth about it about the book, yeah, yeah. So it's really, really nice. Out of curiosity, what spiritual uh, belief or religion has he settled into? This the spirit, the power of positive thinking. Okay, because there's so much about it that is spiritual. You know, you read the Bible, the Ten Commandments. Be kind to everyone. Yeah. You know, treat your neighbor as you would yourself. Mm-hmm. All these things. Um, it, when I was a teenager, after my dad died, my mom had to go to work to keep our house. My brother and I. It was really hard in the fifties, and she was the most positive person. I I, I looked, looked back on it for a while, and I thought. nothing's wrong. The milkman would come and we could get chocolate milk. The bread man would come and we could get a cupcake. You know, we we don't have any money issues, nothing. I had no idea what she was going through. I I read uh, Norman Vincent Peale's Power of Positive Thinking when I was about 18, and I went, he didn't write that. My mom must have written that. (laughs) (laughs) How can he write what my mom was telling and teaching me, you know? So i read it so many times that I put it to use. Uh, we mm-hmm. in the paper industry, timber industry, you know, it was macho industries. Mm-hmm. And um, I, always, I always found my way through to success in whatever I was doing. Yeah. And you also found your way through to this incredible ministry that you're experiencing. Right now we're going to take a, book, a break and hear about uh my book oh no jackie O, that has just come out in audible
0: let me ask you a question are you still wondering who killed kennedy over 50 years later the assassination is still a mystery it is unfinished business for our country now get ready for a theory that you've never heard before but will make more sense than any other conspiracy theory that you've ever heard in the past January Jones speaks the unspeakable in her book, Jackie, Ari, and Jack, The Tragic Love Triangle, connecting Jackie and Aristotle Onassis romantically prior to JFK's assassination. Did you know that Ari was Jackie's guest in the White House during the JFK funeral? He was the only non-family member who was invited by Jackie to stay there during the funeral. Aristotle Onassis was one of the wealthiest men in the world, with the means, the motive, and the money to order an assassination that was the perfect crime of the last century. Ari needed class, and Jackie needed cash. They were perfect for each other. Now, what is Camelot? It is but another tragic love triangle. Jackie, Ari, and Jack is available at JanuaryJones.com, Amazon.com, and Audiobooks.com, read by Ms. Jones.
1: Welcome back with Dr. Reverend Mary Mitchell. You know, I was looking through your uh, bibliography. You're a very prolific writer, and I was drawn to the 32 easy lessons in metaphysics and the science of our mind. Uh, 32 lessons, that's a lot. (laughs) Actually, they were my talks. Oh, yeah. I I had all these great talks, and I thought, okay, okay it yeah, in the book. Like not? That. <laughs> that that book wrote itself then, didn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. And thank God, keeping them on your computer. You know, you build all these things up, and that's really good stuff. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. And then you go back and go, wow. Sometimes I go back and I go, who wrote this? I mean, you know. <laughs> do you feel that with your writing? Do you feel that you get any uh spiritual inspiration, spiritual help? Every day. And yeah, I yeah. knew you were going to say that. Yeah, you know, right now I'm. Um, there's a movie producer in Hollywood who's interested in our book for a movie. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah. And then um, he said, "What else have you got?" And so I said, "Well, after I worked in the pulp paper industry in Washington, got a job in California, I got divorced, and I wrote a movie script about all my." It was very volatile up there in Puget Sound, and uh, and I got an agent, which is amazing, and she took it around, and she said, the producers like it, but it needs more sex and violence. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, and so now this movie producer's interested, and he said, I have a script writing team. Would you like to be part of that team, and we're going to rewrite it and add all the stuff we need to make it a hit? Absolutely. So and- that's- that's what I'm doing right now. Is they're giving me little assignments on, uh, on how to beef up this script. So, um, as she put it, some of the best women stars in Hollywood are going to scream, "I want it! I want it!" <laughs> this would be a script about your life. Yeah. Wow. My whole life, just uh, in the industry, the male-dominated oh. industry, pulp and paper, timber, wood products. Uh huh. Oh, okay. So I I don't think our listeners realized your background. Let's go talk about that. You were in forest resource management, and you worked at Puget Sound at two pulp and paper mills, and you accepted a wood fiber manager position. And you became a manager and grant writer for 1.6 million acre Western Shasta Resource District in Shasta County, which was awarded millions in grants for stream and fisheries restoration and healthy forest projects. So this was your life before you became a minister? Right, right. And it was while I was the district manager of the Resource Conservation District that I thought. You know, I've got to get out and meet people. And the first night I did, I went to the Women's Refuge Crab feed of all things, and uh, met some single people who were going to this center for spiritual living. and And I said, "Well, what's it about?" And they they told me. I said, "I I I've believed that all all growing up. I I totally understand that. So then I started going and taking classes, and that was it. So it was a lot of fun. Did you have like a traditional uh religious that religion that you grew up with? It was Catholic. Yeah. A very strict Catholic. Mm-hmm. And so the first person I ended up marrying, he kept asking me questions that I couldn't answer. <laughs> About the Catholic religion? Yes. And um and so I started studying all religions and then I just kinda got away from it. And uh, finally finding this philosophy. It helps everyone. Mm -hmm. My hairdresser, not this one, just (laughs) a few years ago, my hairdresser said, Mary, all of my clients come in and all they do is whine. She said, is there a book that I should get? And I said, you know, a person like that's not going to read a book, but (laughs) let me think about it. And so I put together this brochure and it's called there's another way there's another way to bring happiness into your life and it's all about this how to be the guardian of your mind how to catch yourself when you're going off on some negative tangent how to write what you want it to be like and then when you start to get negative refocus your mind refocus your thoughts and it's amazing how that happens if you can apply it uh, it's challenging because yes. you've already got so many negative things in the subconscious mind that are going. Wait a minute! It's not really like that. It's really worse. <laughs>
0: so, so
1: it, it's a challenge to be that guardian and uh, come up with something positive, even if it's raining today in California. We're blessed. <laughs> when the sun's shining, we know we're blessed. So, uh, Norman Vincent Peale uh, was onto something. There's no question about it. Uh, yeah. Going back to Michael, who's still in prison, how many years? So, uh, 19, and he just turned 50. 19. So. Does it, how does it, is he going to be there forever, or is there any chance he could get an, a release? Or One of the things that's, that's rumbling through social justice circles mm-hmm. is that if you're put in prison for life as a teenager, your brain's not even fully developed. And so what they're promoting is, after 25 years, take a good look at this person. They're not going to be out doing bad things. I mean, they have changed a lot. Yeah. And for Michael, right now he has he has taken up this to teach new people in prison how to think positive. And he's got a little group, and they meet, and he teaches them. And I just think it's. I call him my little Buddha. You know, <laughs> he's he's taking what he's mhm, mm-hmm. see there's another way, and that's why where I got that title there's another way, there's another way, and of course, that book is also available at Amazon. That's just a little brochure, and it's on my website. You can just okay. download it, okay, so okay, yeah. right there,, mm-hmm. okay. yeah. Wow, you've had quite a life. Uh, when you look back on it, what is the the main message that you're bringing to us today? Yeah, I think it's there is another way. There's always an answer. There's always a solution. You may not like it, but there's always something that if you just sit and whine <laughs> and complain, you're not going to find it. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, working in Puget Sound. I was responsible for bringing wood chips in from 90 different sawmills and when they went on strike i had to get real creative i had to get real creative i mean beyond things Mm -hmm. i i know i can do it i just got to be a really good detective (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. now uh as far as your ministry uh do you have a a regular church that you preach at or are you just online or how do you get your message out to everyone well, for a while after, um, I, I re- actually retired when I left the Resource Conservation District, and that next weekend, our ministers said they were moving to Florida and retiring. So okay. the assistant minister, and I, Sue and I, we went, well, we'll just have to handle it for a while. So mm-hmm. we handled it for a couple years, and then we got another minister. He lasted a year, then we did it again, and it, and so um, I've just been involved in it um, since late 80s. And I, I just truly really love it, you know. You meet so many friends, and they feel like family, too, you know. It's just you know, beautiful to be around positive people. Mm-hmm. People come in our center, and they go, I didn't hear a complaint yet, you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now looking back at the ministry aspect of your life, what would have been the most difficult sermon that you ever had to preach? When one of my employees her dear dear son committed suicide and you know those are hard to understand yeah those are hard to understand but i've come up with a lot of things to share with people about the afterlife and you know if string theory is right that's how the basis of the universe works string theory i don't know if you've heard of it there's nine to 10 different dimensions we're going to experience. And my brother's going through throat cancer and he's ready for just that ready for hospice. And I tell him about this, you know, uh-huh. it's what they said in the Bible. My father's house has many rooms and you'll experience every one. And I said, there's nothing to fear. The Buddhists say it's like taking off a, a tight shoe. And right. you know the people that have gone before will be there. And so... Those kind of things really help. Yeah. Yeah. I was uh, recently lucky enough to, one of my daughters gifted me with a a psychic session. And it was the most reaffirming, wonderful experience because I heard from a lot of people who are dear to me, who I love, who have passed. And the messages that came through were very positive very hopeful and it gives me hope that you know when I cross over I'll be able to be with all of them again and you know a lot of people they don't have that belief it makes life much more difficult doesn't it it does and one of the things I always say to people is don't hope no I know because hope is a kind of wiggle word And Mm -hmm. so I think, you know you will. Mm -hmm. Um, My aunt, who had died 10 years before, she visited my house. I had built a new house, and she's walking through my house looking around, and she's been dead 10 years. And I just got the biggest kick out of that. Mm -hmm. And then last 4th of July, I was watching the fireworks from Washington. And in the middle of that, my mother, who's been gone Mm -hmm. 20 years, and her husband, who, who died, they were soulmates. She yes. never looked at another man. Nah, not like her dad. Mm-hmm. She spoke to me and she said, Mary, we're together again. Oh. So I cried for hours. Just <laughs> so ha- Tears of happiness. To my listeners, have you ever met someone like Mary who is priceless? Well, you can look at my books and I share priceless personalities, people who have been on my show. Have you ever met someone who was unforgettable? Someone who has touched your heart and soul? People who have faced difficult problems? People who have struggled to find solutions? People who fearlessly shared their stories? People who have not only informed you, but inspired you? People who have priceless personalities? I have been fortunate to host an internet radio talk show called January Jones Sharing Success Stories. And it has been my privilege to interview hundreds of guests. My guests have shared their stories, their struggles, their secrets, and their successes in their own words. In this book, we're talking about people dealing with problems such as incest, molestation, runaway kids, child abuse, drug abuse, polygamy, unemployment, scandal, and starting over.
0: to heal, an inspiring laughter yoga instructor, a mother dealing with the loss of a child, an incredible motivational speaker, a woman who married five times, a gifted paranormal nurse, a wise economist, a funny female humorist, along with an older man sharing his sweet childhood in the deep south. January's guests are all amazing and amusing. You will never forget meeting them. Go to Amazon.com for your own priceless experience.
1: Welcome back with my guest, Dr. Reverend Mary Mitchell. Dr. Reverend Mary, now let me ask you, do you have any uh, regrets or things you wish you could do over in your own personal life? You know, I've never had children. I was married 22 years originally and then moved to California. And now I've been with my husband a good 20 years and never had children. And I regretted that until my husband and I were at this dance show at the local downtown theater, all these live dancers. And I love dancing. And I'm sitting there watching these great dancers feeling depressed. (laughs) <laughs> okay. and, and all of a sudden bam I hear this voice it's my soul say, Mary you've already done that and it's like oh my god that's why I love to dance I already did it okay. so I applied that to children and I thought hey this soul goes on for eternity it's been coming for eternity I probably had dozens of children
0: yeah. now it's
1: time to move forward do something new and different. Mm-hmm. So it gave me a lot of peace. Yeah, yeah. I've had some very amazing past life regressions too that have given me a glimpse into things that I've done, and and there, you know, there, there's no such thing as unfinished business because you have today to take care of everything that slips through in past times. Mm-hmm um here's another question i like to always ask my guests now if you could have a uh, dinner with anyone living or alive well besides me who would your uh perfect dinner guest be my guess is nelson mandela oh okay because of his what he went through in his life and i think of that when i try to grasp what Michael's been through, how he approached it. And I I just, I have every book about him. I I just really respect his deep understanding about life and, and living in integrity Amazing, and And appreciating and loving even the guards, you know? Mm -hmm. And if I'm not mistaken, he was in prison for many, many years too. How many years would that have been a long time? a long, long time. Yeah, and to come out of it uh, without bitterness, that is just uh, amazing. And I'm sure this is what you can see happening uh, for Michael and the people that he works with in prison. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was interesting. And he often will say, you know, like in the riot. He lost his glasses, and it's horrible when you love to read and you lost your glasses. So he said, "Could oh. you send me a pair of glasses?" The only thing in on Amazon you could buy packs of five, <laughs> so they not <won't laughs> He could only have one, so uh, they <laughs> to give him one of those pairs. He was so angry, and I said, "Okay, hotshot, apply these principles." I know you're doing your job. I really appreciate what you do. You're always so helpful you know, someday maybe I'll just get one pair. And the guy turned around and gave him a pair. So he, he had to laugh at that. He said, I needed my mentor to remind me. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. You know, I do have a couple of stories, if you have time, about sure. that mm-hmm. I, and this is a good friend of mine. She kept telling me, I've I've got to get out of this job. I need a break from this job. I hate my job. And mm-hmm. I go, oh, I hate whiny people. But anyways, I'm always trying to talk her out of it. Like, no, no, no. I hate my job. i got to have a break. Got to have a break. So she fell, on one of those, fell over one of those cement things in the parking lot and broke her shoulder. Okay. Right, well, that healed. And she said, I still need a break. I, and she went on and on. And then she fell and broke her wrist. And I said, Kathleen... <laughs> oh, my God, I didn't change my story, did I? I said, no, you didn't. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Now she's much happier. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think a lady from Southern California call me, because I've done many magazine articles, and she she Mm -hmm. she said, I retired a year ago, and all of a sudden, for some reason, I have hepatitis C. What do you think? And I said, well, do you know who Louise Hay is? Louise Hay, for decades, studied the mind-body connection. Yes. negative energy settle in our body. I said, do you know of Louise Hay? She said, oh, kind of. I said, do you mind if I pull the book off of myself? Look up hepatitis. Deep, deep regret. Said, Does that ring a bell? She said, oh, my God. A year ago, I, I quit a job that I dearly loved. I loved it, loved it, loved it, and I've regretted it ever since. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I said, "Sweetheart, get a new hobby that you love."
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, wow. <laughs> it's a mysterious, but when you walk through them enough, you and Louise Hay and her whole book is how you can heal yourself. So, mm-hmm. oh. My gosh. Yeah. Yeah, this has been wonderful having you with us. And as you sit here, uh, tell us this story. This show is about success stories. What does success mean to you today as we speak? Confidence that I've always done the best I can. 99% of the time, anyway, I tried doing the best I can because, I don't make plans out a few years. I kind of let spirit guide me. <laughs> mm-hmm. And when I was working in a lumberyard as a teenager, I every time someone quit their job, I'd tell the boss, hey, I'll do that job. And mm-hmm. I got to love it. So I learned the whole business. So I thought, I want more out of life. So I went to Ohio State, got the course catalog and flipped through it. Forest Industries Management. Well, wow. Sounds good to me. My husband said <laughs> for right. I dearly loved it. So mm-hmm. it's interesting how you hear something and you don't just go, well, I couldn't do that. You go, hey, give it a try. Let's yeah. give it a try. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, uh, it's a simple solution. And sometimes people try to make things so much more difficult. Trying to just be a good person trying to be uh, cheerful, helpful, and life can be so much uh, easier. And I think your your life is a perfect example of that. And I think it's amazing that you've been able to share Michael's life with us too, because it gives us an insight into someone we wouldn't ordinarily know or meet. And thank you for doing that. And uh, we've enjoyed having you. And my dear listeners, I hope you've enjoyed our time together with Reverend Dr. Mary Mitchell. We've tried to be informative and we certainly have tried to be inspiring. My upcoming guests will all be eclectic and energizing, just like Dr. Mary. Next Tuesday, Evan Alexander, the author of Proof of Heaven, a neuroscience. Oh journey into the afterlife Well, you of course know of Evan (laughs) so now my 80 year old thought for the day remember it's always important to have a twinkle inside your wrinkles (laughs) there you go (laughs) thank you now for everyone and Dr. Mary for entering the no wine zone with me Please share our stories and show with everyone you know. And remember, you need to stop whining and you need to start smiling. And if that doesn't work, then you can just start eating chocolate. Lots and lots of chocolate, dark chocolate. (laughs) Take care, dear ones, and stay safe until we meet again. Thank you so much.